morning to all of you. Thank you, uh, Pastor Sarah. Thank you, worship team. And uh, today, we know that the song that we have sung today, 10,000 Reasons, is always, uh, is always a good opportunity for you and I to give thanks to God for all that God has done and is doing in our lives. And it fits with what I'm going to share with you today. We are on the series of the book of Daniel. And today, I will be focusing on chapter 2 of the book of Daniel. Let's read from the Word of God. I will be reading from uh, chapter 2, verse 19 to 21 from the Net Version. So Daniel praised the God of heaven, saying, Let the name of God be praised forever and ever, for wisdom and power belongs to him. He changes times and seasons and disposing some kings and establishing other kings. He gives wisdom to the wise. He imparts knowledge to those with understanding. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for your word. We want to thank you that your word comes from your very heart, Lord. It is the revelation of who you are. And today, Lord, we are asking for a fresh revelation, a fresh awe of who you are today in each of our lives, Lord. Wherever that we are coming from, Lord, even for those who are seeking for God today, we pray that the Lord of heaven, the God of heaven, the El Shaddai God, will come and meet and touch each one of you. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The book of Daniel is a very popular book, even in the kids' church and uh, even in uh, our own daily reading. We find so much joy in the book of Daniel because we love the stories, the heroic fate of Daniel, of Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah in terms of their special diet in chapter 1 and uh, the wisdom and their insight which were 10 times more than those who are in the Babylonian court and uh, how Daniel even reveal and interpret the dream of Nebuchadnezzar even in chapter 2 that we are going to go into today and how God protected the three Hebrew men in the furnace of burning fire and how even Daniel interpreted the handwriting on the wall and how he rescued Daniel in the lion's den. But sometimes we allow these hero stories to take our attention off the central character, the central focus and the champion in the Bible, which is God himself. And today, this is what I would like us to bring us back into. God himself, the sovereign God, the awesome God. I'm going to do something interactive today with you. If you have a piece of paper with you right now, can you just quickly get a piece of paper and a pen and, a, and a, maybe a pencil? And right in the center of the page, can you just draw a circle? And right in the circle, right in the middle, put there God. 
And then I will give you instructions of more of what to do because I want to see the book of Daniel, especially chapter 2, jump up, not just in the pages in print, but it will be manifest. It will show itself in our lives. And this will cause us to constantly, daily, to be in awe of this almighty God. So right in the center of your paper, right there, God. And we are going to examine the theme of the book of Daniel itself. The central theme of the book of Daniel is God's sovereignty over history and over empires and over nations and people that he sets up and he removes kings as he pleases. That all the kingdoms of this world will come to an end and will be replaced by the Lord's kingdom, which will never pass away. And true trials and difficulties now here on earth will continue for us as disciples until the end. But those who are faithful will be raised to glory, to honour and everlasting life in his final kingdom. Not just for Daniel and his three friends, not just for all the people in the New Testament or the Old Testament, but brothers and sisters, for you and for me. When we acknowledge God's sovereignty, God's full control, God's power and authority over our lives. In chapter 1 of Daniel, we know that the king thought of the God of Israel as just a lesser God, as one defeated by his own gods because he thought that it was his own power, it was his own might that helped him to defeat the Israelites and began to burn and destroy the temple and began to bring captive those young men, uh, even from the royal families. And he thought that, and he began to st steal even some of the sacred items from the temple. And he thought that he was greater. His God was greater than the God of Israel. And so, even though Daniel and his three friends showed themselves when they were brought into the court for training, to be part of his officials, even though he was impressed that their wisdom and their insight were 10 times better than those in the Babylonian courts. But it was just them and not the God of Daniel. But now, in the light of the events of chapter 2 that we'll be going into, Nebuchadnezzar, at the end of the story, changed. There is a turning point in his life where he falls prostrate, acknowledging the superiority of the God of Israel, the God of Daniel, as the God of gods, as the Lord of kings, and as the revealer of mysteries. But Nebuchadnezzar has not yet come to be a believer or a saint yet, but he is on the way. We see in the book of Daniel that God providentially orchestrated the events of Babylon so that the gods, of, along with all those who call on them, were shown to be worthless and powerless. At the same time, God is the one who created the situation in which his four servants, Daniel and his three friends, would be put in danger and for whom he would prove to be their deliverer. Furthermore, in the midst of these circumstances, God would demonstrate that he could do what no other God could do. He could foretell history. 
He could shape history and He is the one who plans all of history. And we will see that the God of Daniel, your God and my God, is a God where all things are possible for God. There is no impossible situations. In situations which appear insurmountable, the faith of His saints will grow strong as you will see in the life, in the events of Daniel and his three friends. And His power and majesty is demonstrated not just to the Israelites, but to the Babylonians and to everyone who comes to hear about their God. And we know that the crisis is designed by God. And in every crisis involving the people and the purposes of God, we know God is behind it. God is not the cause of pain. God is not the cause of suffering. God is not the cause of evil. But in every crisis, God can turn it around for His good, for His purpose, and for the people that trust in Him. Even Jesus when after ministering to the crowds, he sent his disciples on the boat and allowed them to face the storms and the rough seas and peril. And what happens when they felt that they were going to drown? When they felt that the boat was sinking, Jesus walks in their midst. And Jesus tells them, it is I, fear not. So in our crisis, do you and I see Christ? Do you and I seek Christ? And this is the lesson that we learn from the book of Daniel. And this is a lesson that we, the disciples learn about Jesus, that many times that Jesus allowed them to go through difficult situations so that they can see that Jesus is not just a teacher. Jesus is not just a prophet, but Jesus is God himself. He is the sovereign God that manifests himself to be tangible here and there for the disciples to see. Today, we are going to focus on this sovereign God of Israel. And sovereign means He is almighty. He is the supreme ruler above all gods, above people, above armies, above nations, above events and history. And the word, one of the names of God that is used, one of the titles is El Shaddai. And it means that He is the sovereign God who grants life, who blesses, who protects. And at the same time, for those who reject Him, He will destroy and He will take away their fertility, their fruitfulness and take away their life. So this sovereign God is the, is the one who is also the God of gods and the Lord of kings and the revealer of mysteries. Today, in our modern culture, there is a lot of proclamation in the church about the love of God, about the mercy of God, about the forgiveness of God. But the power of God, the sovereignty of God is not preached enough. And that is where we need to preach and the whole counsel of God. We need people to know that the God that loves us is also the all-powerful God, the ever-living God, that nothing can oppose God, nothing can rival our God, nothing can compete with our God. And so this is so important for you and for me. So in that circle in your paper, 
you begin to realize that our life that is lived here, the way we live our life, the way we think, the way we make decisions, the way we become disciples is centered on who our God is. It's centered on whether He is just a local God. He is not just the God of Israel, but wherever that the people of God go, especially those in exile in Babylon, they find that Daniel found that, the tree found that God is still God even in Babylon. God is still the one who will raise up kings and who will take remove kings. God is the one who is the one who will defeat any army that comes against him. And so we come to the first branch that in your diagram where I want you to just write down uh, just uh, one branch uh, perhaps on your left side put another circle there, dreams. The first thing that we find in chapter 2 is about dreams. We know that Nebuchadnezzar had a very disturbing dream, a very troubling dream. And we know that during the ancient times, there are two things that people, how people interpret dreams and vision. It is something about that their gods were going to reveal something to them. It's trying to tell them what is going to happen in the future. That is what dreams are for them. Secondly, it is something that is bad that is going to happen. And that's why their gods give dreams. But do you know that in the Bible, also in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, dreams and vision are also God's very important means of revealing the future, of giving direction, and of causing one to seek God and to also for God to reveal Himself in dreams, just as God revealed Himself to Jacob. And just as God revealed Himself uh, to even Joseph in the New Testament to take the family and run away to Egypt. And so this is one of the things that we'll begin to see that dreams and vision is powerful. And uh, of course, we are not, I'm not saying that all dreams uh, uh, and vision are actually of God, you know. So I just want to qualify that sometimes it's because maybe we eat too much, sometimes because of digestion. But in the Bible, the dreams and vision means something very important. That's why Nebuchadnezzar was so frightened and said, sleep left him, he had insomnia because he was very worried. What is their God trying to tell him? What is the warning or what is something bad that is going to happen? So he put such pressure on his wise men. And they, and not only the, the pressure they put him, he says that not only must you interpret my dream, but you must tell me what is my dream. And of course, this was something impossible. And they too told the uh, king, he says that no one, no other king has asked us to give the content of the dream and also to interpret the dream. He says, only God and only the God who doesn't live among people can reveal that. But this is where the king got so furious that he says that unless you tell me the dream and the interpretation, all of you will die. And I'm going to remove and destroy your homes. I'm going to take your life limb by limb. But Daniel came through. Daniel had faith that he had a gift, that somehow he knew that God has given him that dream, that power, that gift, that wisdom to interpret dreams. So quickly, 
before the executioners came to kill all the wise men, including Daniel and his three friends, because they were also serving in the court. He quickly told by fate to Ariok, the king's deputy, he says, don't kill anyone yet. Let me go and seek my God and come back with the interpretation. So he quickly called his three friends and says, let's pray, let's ask for God's mercy because we know that God has something that God wants to do through us here in Babylon. And true enough, in a night vision, Daniel received the dream, the knowledge of what Nebuchadnezzar dreamed about and the interpretation. And the first thing that came to him was that he began to praise the Lord. That is where that is where we have this verse today. He began to praise the God of heaven, saying, let the name of God be praised forever and ever, for wisdom and power belongs to him. He changes times and seasons, disposing some kings and establishing others. He gives wisdom to the wise. He imparts knowledge to those with understanding. So today, in that branch from the, the center part of God here, where you wrote dreams here. Just like Nebuchadnezzar, God gave him dreams about the future. What are you looking to God for in your future? Is it regarding your career? Is it regarding your ministry? Is it regarding your health? Is it regarding your finances or your relationship or a big move or a big change? Today, in chapter 2, God began to remind each one of us again to dare to dream again, to dare to seek God, just like Daniel and his three friends began to seek God, to have a receive a vision, to be able to know what is the dream so that they can be an instrument of God in Babylon to reveal this, their God as the sovereign God. What are your dreams? We know that the pandemic is taken a toll on each one of us. And sometimes we see just bleakness, we see darkness, we don't see hope. And everything seems to be negative in the social media, in the news. But let me begin to encourage you, brothers and sisters. Seek God. Ask God to give you a dream again. Re rejuvenate your dream again. Renew your dream again and your vision that God is in our future, that God is sovereign. Remember, God at the center, He is sovereign. And He is working, just like He is working in the life of Daniel and his three friends, even when they were held in captivity, even in the Babylonian court. And God will raise them up and God will put them in a place of honor because they were willing to seek God for His will, seek God for His purpose, seek God to know what God will be leading them and to be faithful while the dream comes to pass, to be faithful with the vision that God has given to you. I know that God has spoken to some of you in dreams and vision and He has not come to pass yet. Don't give up. Persevere, be resilient because if God has given you that dream and vision, God will reveal, God will begin to bring to pass those dreams and vision as what God has done for Daniel and his three friends. And he began to find favor when he interpreted the dream to Nebuchadnezzar. He was honored. He and his three friends were promoted to the highest place in government. 
and they will receive gifts and rewards. So, brothers and sisters, in our dreams, in our vision, may we continue to realize our focus should be the awesome God before us. Don't focus on the situation. Don't focus on Nebuchadnezzar. Don't focus on the evil and the negative or the bad things that are happening all around us. Begin to focus like Daniel on the God of Israel, the God of heaven and earth. And God will bring your dream and your vision to fruition. Thank God for the dream and the vision. Begin to cling on to the Lord Jesus Christ because Jesus, when He promised, He's a covenant-keeping God. He will fulfill what He has promised. He will fulfill what He has said in His Word, in His covenant that He has made before us. So what do we do when we know that our God is awesome? Our God is to be to be praised, to be worshipped because He is the God of all gods. It is God is inviting us, even in the book of Daniel, to trust Him, to come to Him. Just as Jesus, by His miracles, by His signs and wonders, by His forgiving people and feeding the thousands, begin to reveal that we can trust God. We can trust in Jesus Christ because He has proven himself to be trustworthy. He has proven himself to be reliable. He has proven himself to be our rock. Because God is almighty and sovereign, El Shaddai, we can begin to rest in him fully. We don't have to still put our one feet in the world. We can put both feet in the care of our Lord Jesus Christ and trusting in him. What a mighty God we serve. We will need to praise Him. He invites us to call on Him in prayer. Do you know that of all the traits of Daniel, prayerfulness was one of his best traits because he prayed at different situations in his life. He prayed daily. He went to God in, in, in several times a day. He began to pray because facing the Lord, facing Jerusalem, he says he knows that God can be trusted. God has a purpose for bringing him from Jerusalem to Babylon. And he says, Lord, I will put my hope and my faith and my trust in you. So come to me, all those who are burdened and who are laboring, God says, and I will give you rest. So rest in the Lord. Rest in this sovereign God. Do you know that another definition of El Shaddai is that God is the overpowerer. That means that it emphasizes that God's power to achieve all his purposes. The devil, governments, kings, prime ministers, no one can stop God from achieving what God wants to do. So when we have and trust and lean on God El Shaddai as the overpowerer, we should be safe. We should be secure knowing that God will bring us to our destiny. God will bring us to a place of success and prosperity and reward eventually. Even if it is not now. And Jesus warns us that the kingdoms of the world would pass away and that they should set their hearts and minds on the kingdom of God, which he comes to establish. He is the stone. Remember, the statue, the dream was the statue. 
the gold, uh, head of gold, and the chest and the arms of silver, and then the belly and the thigh of bronze, and then the feet of iron, and then the, uh, and, sorry, the leg of iron, and then the feet of iron and clay. This began to reveal the four kingdoms. God showed Nebuchadnezzar what are the following kingdoms that will come after him. So God is saying is that, you can trust me. I know the future. I'm there in the future. I am the one who creates the future. I'm the one who raises king and who brings down king. I'm the one who defeats the, the enemy. And I'm the one who will bring you through to the other side. Just as Jesus, when he is in our boat, he will bring us to the other side safely. So even in that, 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 that corner that you have, uh, to, we talk about to trust God. May I ask you today, what are you trusting God for right now? Are you be able to let go and let God be God? He can be trusted because He reigns and rules over all. Today, in the book of Daniel, there is a call for you and I to begin to rest, to begin to trust in this sovereign, awesome God that is our God. And then we come to another important aspect, and that's where I got the title of the message, Awesome. Many times, the word is translated as fear, even in the New Testament and the Old Testament. Depending on the context, it is, it is, it is translated as fear. That means fear mixed with wonder or just a reverence for God, or just amazement, astonishment of who our God is, of what He is capable of doing. God is able to do anything that He chooses, and that anything must be qualified. He will not do anything that goes against His nature, that goes against His word, that goes against His holiness. In Daniel chapter 9, we have a confession of Daniel. I prayed to the Lord my God, confessing in this way, O Lord, great and awesome God, who is faithful to His covenant and who, and with those who love and keep His commandments. Let me read again, Daniel 9 verse 4. I prayed to the Lord my God, confessing in this way, O Lord, great and awesome God, who is faithful to His covenant with those who love Him and keep His commandments commandments. Awesome, the word in Hebrew is yore. That means it is a fear mixed with wonder. Every time we come to the presence of God, every time we come to the word of God, every time we remember the goodness of God, let the fear of God come upon us. Not, a, not to be afraid, not to be frightened, not to be terrified, but it is a fear mixed with wonder at who God is. It is that amazement, astonishment of who God is. So this awe is not just emotional. It's just one time you feel, oh, God is so good. God is so beautiful. But no, it is a disposition. It's an inner attitude that always keeps us in awe of what God has done in your life and in my life. Do you know that one of the greatest things that we should be in awe of is our salvation. Our salvation is not a small thing. It is a big thing in God's eyes. It is a miracle of the grace of God. 
Do you know what we have been saved for? We have been saved from the wrath of God. And Jesus on the cross took upon Himself the wrath of God the Father so that God will no longer be angry with us, but God will delight in us. God will welcome us as sons and daughters. Do you enjoy the beautiful things? The, the psalmist says that, that we, we look up to the sky, we look up to the heavens, we see God's handiwork in, in Psalms 19. You know, everywhere we look, we see the handiwork and the hand of God. There are many things in our lives that sometimes we take for granted. For your spouses, your children, your job, your health, your sanity. The fact that we wake up every morning is a call for us to say, Thank you, Jesus. You've given me another day. Thank you even for a sane mind. Thank you even for my job. Thank you even for a home. And sometimes we are in the rush to get through the whole day and we forget to just set aside time to say, Lord, I'm so thankful for so many things that you have done in my life. And sometimes we allow the things that are not working yet to cloud our mind, to begin to steal, rob the sense of awe of God, of what God is doing. We know that the unseen of God is always working even if we don't see God physically. That's why he says we walk by faith and not by sight. I pray that today, in Daniel chapter 2, we will begin to slow down and begin to give thanks and begin to look in wonder at all at our salvation. Look at where we were before we met the Lord and look at where we are today. Look at the family that God has blessed you. Look at the church. Look at the nation. I know there are a lot of things that we want to grumble or complain, but I can say that Malaysia is still a beautiful place to stay. Malaysia is still a beautiful place to enjoy because of the food, because of the people, because of the culture, because of the different things that we have been blessed with. Oh, may we discover that awe again, that wonder again, that amazement again, firstly of God, that God still thinks about us daily. The, the psalmist says, you know, like the sand in the sea, by the seashore is how much God constantly thinks of us. This truly should amaze us by the fact that you and I are blessed by the Lord, loved by the Lord, forgiven by the Lord, empowered by the Lord is something to give thanks to. And then the, and so we have this brunch that you write in your picture. Firstly, you have, we talk about dreams, we talk about trust. And then the, 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 the third one, we talk about awe of God. May we begin to rediscover the awe of this awesome God. May we begin to be thankful and grateful. Scripture in our Bible reading plan for uh, a Tuesday mentioned that godliness and contentment is great wealth or great gain. May we begin to be thankful for every little thing and never take for granted the many, many blessings that God has come. So look, look up and begin to give thanks and be awe of God. Look within us and to see how God has transformed us and changed us by His love, by His forgiveness, by His peace. And look all around you for the many blessings, for the many people and 
things that God has given to us. These are all just confirmation of the sovereign work of God in our lives. May I challenge you even right now to list down some of the things that you are in awe of and begin to look at it every day to, so that we will remember to look up, remember to look within and remember to look all around. The last thing that I just want to share before I end here is in practical living. What does Daniel and his three friends teach us today? Is that once we know that our God is awesome, we can dream again. We can have vision again that God will bring to pass his dreams and his visions and his plans and his will for your life and my life. And we can trust in him because he has proven that he is trustworthy, he is reliable. What he promises to do in our life, he will complete it. And because of that, we will constantly be in awe of him. We will constantly fall prostrate before him. We will constantly give thanks rather than complain and grumbling and criticizing. May just be thankfulness, gratefulness, appreciation comes from our life. And then there are the three important qualities that Daniel and his three friends teaches us even in chapter 2 and all the other chapters, the quality of humility, the quality of holiness, and the quality of faith, that Daniel never took any of the glory for being the one to interpret the dream or to reveal the dream, but he gave all the glory to God. And this is what we need to do when we are confronted with an awesome, almighty, supreme, everlasting God. We can only be humble. And the Word of God says, those who humble themselves will be exalted. And those who exalt themselves will be humbled by God Himself. Holy, to be set apart. We know that Daniel and three friends chose to have a special diet, not because he's promoting a vegan or, or, or a vegetarian diet, but he says that I want to be set apart. I will only eat the food that God wants me to eat. So vegetables and water, this is not a diet that God is teaching us, but He's just saying it has to be set apart for God. And worship. Daniel and his three friends chose to only worship God and God alone. Even with all the pressures to bow down before the statue, to bow down before Nebuchadnezzar, he says, no, I will worship only God. If I perish, I will perish. So today, what are you and I consuming today? What is our diet today? We have to guard our eye gate, our ear gate. We have to guard our mind gate and our hearts that we do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And then, who are you worshipping? Who are we worshipping today? Instead of the sovereign God, are we worshipping our things, our money, our self, power, fame, or people? No, be like Daniel and the three friends. Worship God and God alone. How do you know we are worshipping rightly? What is your focus in life? What is the, what, how do you spend your, your, your most time on? And what is your investment? Everything will determine who are you worshipping. So the more you worship and 
believe in the Word of God and obey the Word of God, we know that you are worshipping the one true God. And faith is something that Daniel and his three friends can teach us. That choosing to trust God, to believe in Him, that He can do all His promise, even when things have not happened yet. Daniel believed that God is going to reveal the dream. Daniel is being God is helping to interpret. Daniel is be believing God that God will take him out of the lion's den. That God will take them out of the fiery furnace. They believe God. So faith is important. So under this quadrant right now, begin to put practical living. Daniel, what are we doing in our everyday life to honour God in order for Him to reward to promote and bless us. At least there are three things that we can learn from Daniel and his three friends. We can learn to be humble before God, the sovereign God. We can learn to be holy before a holy sovereign God. We can have faith in this awesome God who can be trusted. So from God being the centre and the dreams and vision that He has given you, we can begin to trust in Him. And then we will constantly be in awe of Him. And then what will happen? It will lead to a life of humility, a life of holiness, and a life of faith. And what is the reward of living this life? You will receive your reward and promotion and fame, just as Daniel and his three friends were rewarded by Nebuchadnezzar. I will just stop just for a while for us to just ponder. Are we in awe of God? Just a few moments for you to ask of you, have you lost your dream and your vision for your life, for what God is doing? Have you placed your trust elsewhere, misplace your trust elsewhere because of what's happening in your life? Have you lost your awe of God today? And do you want to come back like Daniel and his three friends who remain steadfast and faithful because they choose to humble themselves. They choose to be holy and they choose to have faith in God. Just a moment of silence before this awesome sovereign God. And I stand, I stand in awe of you. I stand, I stand in awe of you. Holy God, true whom all praise is due. I stand in awe of you. I stand in awe of you. Father, we just want to pray for every heart that has heard your word today. May you challenge us today. May you convict us today, wherever our walk with God is today, Lord, that we will Begin, Lord, to rediscover. Begin to bow down, just like Nebuchadnezzar bowed down to the God of Daniel, to the God of Israel, to the God of heaven. Because God has revealed Himself as the Almighty One. 
He controls every situation in history, in life, in our events, Lord. Father, we pray even right now, Lord, that we will start to dream again. We will start, Lord, to have visions again, Lord, and seek God, Lord, for His will and His purpose again, and to trust God that He will bring it to pass, Lord. And we will lean on Him 100%, Lord. And that we will come to Him because He invites us to Him today, Lord. We will run to Him right now, Lord. And we will stand and bow down in awe of Him every day of our lives, Lord. Thanking Him for our salvation. Thanking Him for our, for our family, for our health, for our business, for our work, for our home, for our church, for our ministry and for the nation. And Lord, like Daniel, because of who God is, because He's awesome, may we always be humble before Him. May we always be holy and be set apart to the world and before God. And may we continue to have faith in God. Father, bless everyone here today, Lord every home right now, Lord, even as they begin to look at the sheet of paper, Lord, where God is the centre and God will always remain the centre because He is the heart, He is the source, He is the strength of who we are and where God wants us to lead us, Lord. So we just want to thank you right now. We just bless, Lord, everyone who is hungering for you, who is thirsty for you, who needs that life again, who needs that hope again, Lord, and who needs to come back to you in awe and reverence and astonishment and amazement again. We bless you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. The altar call is open right now. The Zoom rooms, the Zoom prayer rooms are open right now. Just click to the link and a pastor or a minister is just waiting to pray for you. If you are in a, in, in a place where you are lacking in any of these areas that I was speaking to you, the Lord hears you. The Lord will begin to revive you again. The Lord will begin to refresh you again. The Lord will begin to bless you again. Thank you and God bless you.